We're doing it. We're doing the dink thing. Oh, we're doing it. We're doing it. All right, guys. We're pretty nervous for this episode. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. Welcome back to the Launchpad, guys. We're so glad you're here. Um, my name's Madison. I'm Joshua. And if this is your first time listening to our podcast, we just want to say thank you for being here. It means so much to have your support and that you're taking the time to listen to our voices today. And what a great episode to tune in for the very first time. Yeah. My gosh. Ooh, this one might shock you guys, especially if you are somebody that you know follows us on Instagram or social media. You may have this perfect picture of who we are in your mind, but... We're really nothing like that. <laughs> I shouldn't say that. We are a lot like what we post, you know, we, but we post the highlights. Everybody posts their highlights on their Instagram and it's very rare that you find people that will give you the dirty deets. And so that's really what we are here today to do in hopes that it'll help you um, identify where you're at or where you're looking to go. And we're really excited to be here. So today um, we're getting into what we are going to make a three-part series. And so today is part one, next week will be part two, and then the week after that, part three. Um, so you're going to have to listen to every episode to really get the full story. So we hope you guys will follow along. Um, but today we are going to be talking about my journey with smoking weed, with Josh's journey and smoking weed and, you know, how it's affected our marriage and kind of that kind of stuff. So as we move through this three-part series, get a notepad, grab a pen and uh, take some notes because you never know. Something that we've been through might um, resonate with you and make you have a new opinion or feel a different way about how you're living your life. Absolutely. I think if I can be completely honest, the whole purpose in me wanting to be a part of this podcast and, and join you in this endeavor is I wanted to talk about weed from day one. Mm-hmm. I know that I'm going to get a lot of flack from family, from friends, from people in church maybe. Um, for those of you who don't know, my dad is a pastor and I've grown up in the church quite literally. If I wasn't on a baseball field in school or at home, I was in church and that's a fact. I was raised to not smoke weed. And, and to not talk about it. <laughs> and, and to not talk about it. But I knew that this was one thing that would really help me, one, connect with others, two, differentiate myself from others, which I am a unique individual as it is, but having gone through this and witnessed all the things that it's it's done for us and to us, I really wanted to share my story on here. And and part of it, it was for accountability. There's power behind sharing, sharing the dirty, sharing the dark secrets that you keep in your closet, the skeletons in your closet, if you will, there's power behind sharing that with the world. Mm-hmm. Whether it's your friend, whether it's your family, whether it's your spouse, whether it's whoever, when you speak it aloud and tell someone else, you now invite them in on your journey. Mm. And what I've found is by keeping it in the dark, I have no accountability within myself. Mm. And it's beat me down. It's beat down my self-confidence. has done so much to me, and we'll get into this later, but this is this is the whole purpose of why I'm here. This has been something that I've been wanting to share because now it has no power over me. Mm. I'm on day 19 of being completely sober, and it's incredible. It's hard. It's still hard. Every single day is hard. But I'm I'm there now, and I'm not scared to share this. I know I'm going to hear things from my parents or my family or friends or someone being like, you probably shouldn't have said that, or don't you know your dad's a pastor, or what's this going to do? to Like, no, piss off. I'm struggling with something. I'm going to share it, and if you have something to say about it, come say it to my face. Mm-hmm. And so I hope that when we share these things today, you'll realize that we're not perfect people. Nobody is. We're all imperfect people in an imperfect world, and we all have struggles that nobody knows about. Mm-hmm. We've sought accountability in others and haven't gotten it. We've sought accountability within ourselves and haven't gotten it. And so this is a last-ditch effort of, like, we're going to freaking tell the world so that you can hold us accountable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so please, like, you see us. Don't be afraid to talk to us about this. It's something that we're really passionate about and want to talk about. As hard and as sticky as it seems sometimes, 
But um, it's a big deal. And like you said, it's so important for us to get out of the darkness because you can't fight anything alone in the dark. Mm -mm. It's like wearing a blindfold, you know, and someone's attacking you. <laughs> like we need some some people on our team. We need some warriors with us that we know are fighting this battle too. Mm -hmm. You're only as strong as the people you have in your corner. Absolutely. So with that, Madison, how in the world did you even start smoking weed? I mean... You were a college basketball player. Surely you weren't smoking weed in college. I mean, you're this, I'd argue, a freaking model. You're hot. <laughs> like, you wouldn't expect when looking at you that this chick's a stoner. How did you even get started in smoking weed? So the very first time I smoked weed um, was actually in college. It was out of season, so we weren't playing basketball. It was my freshman year. And I was with a friend and we decided, <laughs> I cannot believe this, we decided that our first time had to go out with a bang. So what we did is we, you know, bought some weed from the local drug dealer in town and we <laughs> rolled a joint and took it to the baseball field in the middle of the night. It was like midnight, so not the middle, but very late at night and snuck onto the pitcher's mound and smoked a joint on the pitcher's mound of my college baseball field. Wow. <laughs> like when I say that out loud, I'm like, wow, we had some balls, man. That is risky. Like not only was I, I hadn't even smoked before. Like I was already nervous to do it in the first place. And where do I pick to do it? My public baseball field. No, there was nobody there, but it was crazy. So that was my first experience with weed. And literally the only thing I remember from that is I got high and then um, we had someone take us back to our dorm and I poured myself a bowl of Reese's Puffs. <laughs> and I was like, these are the best Reese's, Reese's Puffs. Puffs. Reese's Puffs, Reese's Puffs. Peanut, Peanut butter, butter chocolate flavor. <laughs> Literally, like, it was, they were, it was the best bowl of cereal I've ever had in my life. And if you're somebody that smokes or has smoked before, munchies are a real thing. And it just makes food taste so much better. Like, there's just a difference between eating a bowl of Reese's Puffs sober and a bowl of Reese's Puffs high. So I remember, though, I couldn't get enough like I was very specific in my mind I was like I have to have five Reese's Puffs in every bite like I was so precise precise and like every and if I would like scoop it out and only get four I'd be like nope not enough gotta go again and then I put it back in the bowl and then it would be like six the next time like nope and then I put but instead of just taking it out with my fingers I would just keep going back into the bowl and over and over again it took me like 20 minutes to eat this tiny bowl of cereal because <laughs> I was just so interested in what I was doing so that was like my very first memory of smoking weed um, but really that was like a one-time thing. I might have smoked one more time after that. It didn't stick out to me because I was a basketball player. So once I went home from the summer, I didn't smoke and then came back my sophomore year and, you know, we were, we went right into practicing and right into preseason. And so, um, that was just not really an option for me at the time. So you didn't smoke sophomore year at all? No, sophomore okay. year I didn't. Did you continue smoking throughout college? Um, yes. So my junior year is really when I feel like I started smoking more and that started when um, actually a Christmas break my junior year because we were, if you're an athlete, you know, or a basketball player, then over every Christmas break, you have to go three weeks earlier than everybody else get, that gets to come back. So we get for five or six days for Christmas and then we have to go back to school and continue practicing. We don't have class or anything. So we usually do two a days all day, work out hard, 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 getting ready for the January conference. And then um, at night, we'd have nothing to do, no homework, nothing. So all the basketball girls would just hang out, you know, party, have fun. And so that's when it really started because 
Um, you know, you're working so hard during the day. Boredom is a thing. Like boredom leads to doing bad things. Especially in Arkadelphia. Especially you know, in Arkadelphia. If you know anything about the town, there's nothing to do there. But also when there's no students there and it's just the basketball team, you don't have anything else to do. Literally. Like there was no our town is made up of two colleges. So over Christmas break, there's literally no one in the town. And so that's when really my habit started. Me and my best friend, um, we started smoking together almost every night after practice just to chill, relax, have fun. Um, and it was great, honestly. Like, I don't regret it at all. It was so much fun. Um, and some of my favorite memories were made with her just in those nights. But looking back, that's really where I started to realize having it every day wasn't an issue or I thought it wasn't an issue. Because before, mm. you know, it was just like drinking. Okay, you go out one late night with your friends, you have a few beers, and then the next morning you wake up and, you know, you're not wanting to drink the next morning or the next day, really. So that's kind of when... Like I said, that habit started forming. You, you kind of took me through your routine Christmas break. So y'all would go to practice. You'd eat lunch or whatever, go to practice again. You'd come home and you'd smoke every day. And so that was for weeks. That was for days. That was for like how long? Probably like three weeks. So that was junior year. Mm-hmm. Just over Christmas break though, because once conference started in January, we were playing games like we weren't smoking. Okay. School was back in session. You know, we had homework and stuff. It wasn't something that I had time for. Okay, cool. So didn't smoke the rest of junior year or did you? Um, so up until season ended, I didn't smoke. And then right after season ended, me and my friend picked it right back up until the summertime. And uh, What happened in the meantime? In the meantime, my college coach of my first three years retired. And so we got a new coach and he came from a D1 school. And uh, yeah, we need to do an entire episode just on that man because he is a psychopath. But it really, really changed things because um, we got ended up getting drug tested. So somebody from the school found out that we were all smoking together. We don't know if it was a volleyball player or, you know, just a random student. But somebody told the dean of our school that the basketball girls were smoking weed. And so we all got called in randomly for a drug test one day. Um, and obviously, you know, that's how that goes. And they found out that we were smoking and that we tested positive on those things. And so uh, we kind of had a probationary period where we were in trouble and that got, that information got relayed to the new coach that was coming in. So before he even Mm. met any of us, he kind of was coming in like, oh, I'm about to coach a bunch of delinquents. And so he came off hot from the start and told us, you know, I will drug test you at randomly throughout this entire season. Um, even over the summers, he told me that he could call me at any time and I'd have to drive down to Arkadelphia to take a drug test because he was trying to scare the crap out of us. Never ended up doing it, never drug tested us one time. It was just fear mongering, which I get it. As a coach, you don't want your players you know, involved in drugs. And if the NCAA comes in and tests us, like we're out for the season. So I understand not wanting to do that. But um, yeah, he just told us like, if you smoke weed, you're a terrible person. It's going to ruin your life. It'll never amount to anything if you smoke weed. And know anything about me, tell me I can't do something. I want to do it even more. And so um, I didn't during the time that I was playing for him, but I really wanted to. You know, I had a bigger desire to do it because he told me I couldn't. So I was so scared of him drug testing me that I didn't. But once the basketball season ended, um, I went full-fledged into smoking. And I was like, you know what? I have not experienced this all year. He's taken this from me and not let me have any fun. Um, cause I, I didn't, I wasn't a huge drinker. Like I would party a little bit and drink in college, but I wasn't like raging every weekend or anything. I would prefer to smoke because it's just chill and you get to eat Cheetos on your couch. Um, but yeah, so that's really where, um, it started 
picking back up again was just in that second season of once I was done being an athlete, like now it was time. Now it was time for me to fully indulge. I had no more sports. All these responsibilities that I've had my whole life, they're gone. And also I didn't have any hobbies. I'd spent my whole time playing basketball. I had nothing to do. I didn't know what I liked to do outside of basketball. So I felt really lost. And so I think the numbing effect of weed was was really helpful for me in that time or so I thought. Mm. Was it hard for you to quit whenever he threatened to drug test you? Honestly, no. It wasn't hard that time to quit. Um, I just think because, you know, the consequences were so bad, which is what's been hard quitting now that we're adults and we've gone through the cycle so many times is there's really nobody telling us what we can and can't do anymore. It's all on us, which makes makes things a little bit more attractive and then you kind of lose yourself in that sometimes. So you go full-fledged into smoking once you're done with being an athlete. That's your new hobby. That's your new passion, if you will, and that's that's what you do for fun now. How long did that continue? It was only a three-week-long period because as soon as I got done playing, three weeks later, COVID happened, and they sent us all home from school. Mm-hmm. And so in my mind, I had been looking forward all year, and that's kind of what helped me not smoke during that senior year was like, okay, at the end of the season— I'm not going to be an athlete anymore. I can do whatever I want. So if I can just get through this, I'll get to have my fun later. And I got three weeks of that fun to be a regular student without sports. And I loved it. It was so fun. I um, went a little crazy, I'd say. But as soon as they sent us home for COVID, I really felt like I had something taken away from me because I'm never going to have an experience where I'm with all my friends, all my college buddies, again, being able to do what we want away from home, not in our hometown. Um, and so I was I was pretty upset that we got sent home. And they told us we were going to be able to come back. You know, they were like, you, it'll only be two weeks, so leave all your stuff here. And then, you know, two weeks went by and it was getting pushed back and back. And uh, we never got to go back to school. And so I felt robbed of having a normal college experience that last month. And that's mm-hmm. really what led me to go deeper in this spiral was, well, if I'm not going to get it there, I'm going to have my own fun and I'm going to create it at my house. And so... When I moved back home for COVID, I, I started buying weed at home, and that's when it got bad. How did you even find weed back home? I just knew a few people, just texted them. I mean, I knew the people that smoked weed in high school. I never did, but um, I knew the people who did. So I just reached out and found some friends and just bought it off the street. So what were you doing during COVID that made you, like, able to smoke? Were you working? Were you not doing anything or— Yeah, so I was actually just studying for some licensing exams. So my first year out of college, I was a financial advisor. That requires you to pass some really intensive testing. And so it took me about six months to study. So I'd pretty much, you know, study all day long. Um, And then at night, I wouldn't have anything to do because I wasn't working yet. I didn't have homework. I wasn't in school. So, you know, as long as I did my studying during the day, then I could do whatever I want in the evening. And that's when I initially started smoking was just in the evenings. And as it went on, I realized, wait, I can read this book high. Wait, this actually makes me feel more intelligent. You know, just all the all the things that come up with, oh, look at what I could do if I was high. So you'd study high. Yeah, uh, after a few weeks of of just smoking at night, it transi- it transitioned into studying high and then actually took two of the three of my exams completely stoned. And I passed all of them first time, so just to put that in there. <laughs> That's nuts. Yeah, but I But that's the thing, like that's part of my psyche that I need to work on because like I had this replaying voice memo in my head of, you know, this coach that was so awful to us saying, you know, dope is going to ruin your life. You're never going to amount to anything. Like I said earlier, like you just told us that 
if you smoke weed, you will be a piece, piece of crap. You'll be worthless. And so if I could smoke and I could pass this really hard test stoned, I proved him wrong. And I just kept looking for ways to prove him wrong, which is so unhealthy. Mm. Do you find what he said to be true? No. No? No. I think the level of frequency and abuse that's gone on will ruin your life, absolutely. But I don't think smoking weed will ruin your life. If you're somebody that doesn't have an addictive personality and you're good at moderating, because I've met people like that. There's people that I know that smoke once a week or take a gummy, you know, only at night to go to sleep. You know, I'm just, I'm not that kind of person. I'm an, I have an addictive personality and if I have a little bit, I want more. And the next time I want more. So yeah, so after passing all my tests, I started going to work. Um, there was a lot of days that I would go to work high, come home at lunch, hit, hit a dab and go back. So was that like allowed? Um, I don't think so. Um, I don't, I don't think it's ever okay to be high in your workplace. I don't think, I mean, depends on who you're working for, but, um, the way I justified it was I actually got my medical card. I just had to meet with a, I had to meet with a doctor. Um, I was actually over the phone and, um, kind of took him through some really hard experiences that I went through with my coach and in basketball that I haven't really shared yet. But it left me with a lot of PTSD and I just, I was just really mentally messed up from a lot of the things that he did and said to us and to me. And uh, even after I graduated, I couldn't get him out of my head. And I felt like the only time my thoughts were quiet was when I smoked. And so um, I used that to get my medical card and then it became as easy as ordering it offline and going picking it up like a grocery store pickup order. Like it seriously completely changed everything because before... You know, part of the fun in getting weed is the sneakiness, you know, going to going to your dealer's house and getting the weed and then driving home and just like that adrenaline rush that comes from that. And so when it became so accessible where I could literally just drive up and pick it up in 10 minutes and it was perfectly legal for me to do that, that's when my justification really ramped up. Mm. And I said, this is what I need. I need this. I have a medical reason why I need to smoke weed. So therefore, anytime I felt anxious, anytime I felt stressed, that was an opportunity for me to smoke. Whereas before, it was really just for recreation. And it did help me when I was using it in small amounts, you know, maybe just at night or a couple times a week, things like that. But uh, the accessibility really changed everything. Do you think you fluffed your answers on the interview to get your medical card? No, I don't. Okay. I don't don't think, I think what I went through was really traumatic and I'm never going to undermine that. I will say the people on the other side of the, this weed business that give people medical cards, they're not legit. You know, like, I mean, they are legit. They're doctors, but they're, they're, they're going to give anybody their card that has a reason. I didn't have to show any paperwork. I didn't have to like show any proof that I was traumatized. I just told my story. And so I was telling the truth about what happened to me and how it really affected me at the time. Um, but they don't, they don't do a lot of digging. And I actually heard one of the guys that I was talking to about getting my card. He was like, yeah, we, we don't deny anybody basically, unless they have like a really bad criminal record Mm. of like selling drugs or anything like that. So it's super easy to get your medical card. Um, again, accessibility. So that's kind of where everything played out from there. I got my medical card and then um, then it became really a daily habit and a multiple times a day habit because of everything I had. And I constantly had weed in the house. If I was getting low, I'd just go to the store and pick up more. So that's when it really started to integrate itself into my life as a hobby and something I did every day. 
So was it used strictly for medicine? No. I, I think in, at the time I justified it for it, but most of it was really for fun and yeah. just to feel the feeling of being high because, I mean, once you are high, you get used to it and it's a good feeling. And um, it's if you've never smoked weed before, it's nothing like alcohol. So it's nothing like, you know, as you drink, you're getting drunker and drunker and you don't remember and you start saying things that are crazy. Um, it's It's different than that. It heightens your awareness, but it also keeps you in this very chill, unmotivated state. So your mind is going and you're thinking of all these things, but you really don't have the motivation to execute them. And so I think that's where the problem started was because it was for fun and a mix of that and helping with my anxiety. But uh, yeah, I just, I let it go too far. So for the past 700 plus days, I have had weed every single day. So today is actually my day three of being sober Josh is a little bit ahead of me. He decided to make the jump first, which is something that I actually think we really needed because both of us trying to quit at the same time is really hard. And um, yeah, so I'm finally ready to talk about it because I finally made the decision that something in my life has to change. So I'm tired of getting grilled, man. What about you? I want to hear your story. How, how did you get started smoking weed? What was the first time? Tell me. To be truthful, I... I don't think I ever really wanted to smoke weed. It wasn't like I didn't not want to, but I never had the interest in doing it. And it wasn't until I was I was duck hunting up in Kansas and I got snowed in. The roads were icy. There was a big storm coming in. And with over an inch of ice on the roads now, we weren't going to be able to do anything. Mm-hmm. So we were in town heading back to the house right before the storm blew and we didn't have time to make it home. And we met one of my friend's friends at the hospital and we picked up one gram of weed. We went back to the house, and we didn't have anything to smoke it out of. I'd never smoked anything at that point. I think I'd hit a vape one time in high school, and we didn't have a bong. We didn't have papers or anything to roll or whatever. So we got an apple, and we bored out a hole through the middle of the apple, and then from the top down, making like an upside-down T, essentially, in the apple. You take out the stem of the apple. You put the weed in there. You light it. You plug a hole on the other side. You suck it in, and I smoked weed for the first time through an apple. Now all the kids that are listening to our podcast will know how to smoke out of apples. <laughs> yeah, I'll say this. I, I don't condone smoking. If I could go back to the day I smoked, aside from what I've learned and gained through my experiences, I would go back and never do it. I would never expose myself, so I would never knew what it was like. And if you haven't, I'd, I'd encourage you not to. Just because if you don't expose yourself to something, you'd never have the chance to experience what I've experienced. Mm. And knowing what I've gone through, I wouldn't wish it on anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I smoked through this apple. And I remember sitting on the couch, we were watching Sports Center, and I just had the funniest memories popping back into my head. They they were not audible. So I was sitting next to my buddies and I mean, just dead silence besides the TV in the room, and I'm just hysterically cracking up. <laughs> it's like these stories are like visually being played on the TV, and I was just geeking. I was, it was really fun. It was a fun time. I didn't have anything to do. We were snowed in for like two or three days, couldn't go anywhere, couldn't do anything. And in the moment, I, d- I don't know if it was necessarily wrong. Like, should I be smoking weed? No, that's, it was illegal at the time. Um, but yeah, that was, that was the first time I smoked. It was, I remember it to this day. It was so funny. I've got a picture of me eating ice cream, sitting there watching Sports Center, and oh, it was so funny. So before you knew me, were there any other times that you smoked, or was it just that one time? Mm. No, I had smoked before. So 
that was my entryway into weed. I think that was like my freshman Christmas break. Okay. Um, that I had smoked for the first time. I think I went to spring break that March. So a couple months later. And we took weed down to the beach. Um, we took an ounce, which was ridiculous looking back at it. And like what could have happened if we ever got pulled over or stopped? Because all or, underage, weren't even 21 yet. Yeah, no, it was the dumbest thing. Um, but yeah, we took an ounce of weed to the beach. I think I smoked like once there. I didn't even smoke any of it, even though I paid for like half of it. Oh my gosh. Um, Rookie move. But yeah, so I smoked at the beach. And then there were a couple, like a handful of times I smoked throughout college before you, but I'm, I know for a fact it was less than five. Um, it just, I mean, you know now, I just don't handle substances well. Mm-hmm. I, I don't. And Josh that's is something a pure I learned. Human. <laughs> that's something I learned and um, kind of at that time I was deciding for myself, not just like, oh, Madison's doing so I want to do it. It was rather like, I know what this is going to do for me and I don't want to do that. I'd mm-hmm. rather drink. Yeah. So drinking was my crutch in college. I had all my buddies, we'd drink beer together and um, do that. But there was there was one time I remember distinctly, and my mom is going to slap me in the face for this. Um, <laughs> I don't even know if I should say it. Say so, it. Say it. You're too far into it. So him. I have a brand on my left butt cheek. It's about eight inches tall and about five and a half or six inches wide. Brand, you mean like? Like a horse brand, like when they burn cows with yeah. the brand? Yeah, I had my, uh, we were having a bonfire. It was, I don't know if it was sophomore year. No, that was a pledge. It was freshman year. And I had one of my pledge brothers make me a cross out of a coat hanger that we found out at the lake. And when I asked him to make me this brand, I was expecting it to be, I don't know, like three inches tall max, inch and a half wide. Like little. No, 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 no. This thing is like bigger than it's like eight your inches. iPhone. It's it's huge. I'll put a picture up of my butt cheek. You can check it out. <laughs> um, but I had to make this. And whenever I saw it for the first time, I was like, no, hell no. Like this is no, 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 no. This is too big. And at this point, he'd already made it. And it was, it was pretty good given his materials. Like he made it out of a coat hanger we found out at the lake. And Lord knows where that had been before. Um so I decided to, but before I, I got branded, I called somebody and I said, hey, if I'm going to do this, I want you guys to be here, but have X, I'm not going to use any names, come and have them bring a cone, which a cone is like a joint that's like a pre-roll um, full of weed. And long story short, he showed up about 35 minutes later. I smoked it and I said, let's get on with it. So I smoked and I got branded, but I was I was sober before, no, I had tequila in my system <laughs> but I was I wasn't smoking before I decided that I wanted to get branded but I I smoked right before I got branded wow that's a great story yeah. thank you for sharing that with us yeah. babe so what happened when you met me because like freshman year we didn't know each other Josh and I didn't start dating until the end of sophomore year going into the summer so um that's when we met what happened when you met me were we smoking no we weren't we were drinking first date we went golfing together we had a couple beers and um, that's, that was our thing. We were, everyone in college, you wouldn't get like kicked out of college for drinking. You'd get a fine, but everyone knew smoking weed was like, you, you can get kicked out. Mm-hmm. We went to a Baptist college and, um, so no, we weren't, we weren't smoking together then. Um, junior year, I think it was your Christmas break. I came back for, was it New Year's? I came and spent New Year's down yeah, there with you. Yeah, you came down and spent New Year's with us while we were at school for yep. Christmas break. And it was it was her and her friends up there. And so 
I believe that night I smoked with you for the first time. Yeah, so that was right when I was getting into it heavily for yeah. the first time, and that's when you came and visited me. And so we went down under the bridge and um, smoked a blunt and came back. And um, so that was really. You want to tell Max what happened when you came back from under that bridge? <laughs> Josh is freaking ridiculous. He <laughs> laid his head on the table for like 45 minutes and we could not get him awake, but he was fully conscious. We're like, Josh, you good? He was like, yep, I'm good. I just, I just can't get up. Like he could not lift his head off the table. Yeah. Just like slumped. My arm was over the table. My head was in the crease of my elbow and they'd be talking. They'd be thinking I wasn't there, but I was like, guys, I'm fully here. My eyes are just closed and my head's down on the table. I just, I just can't move. I just can't move. And then you also, later on when you finally did come to it, Put a bunch of brownie batter in your mustache and started running around <laughs> no, my. No, 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 no. I put brownie batter in my mouth and you kept getting annoyed at me because it would get on my mustache. And so I just started smearing it in my mustache. Disgusting. I was so pissed at you. I literally like came up to him <laughs> when he's so stoned. I'm like wiping off his mouth. I'm like, baby, I have chocolate all over your mouth and your mustache. And then I go around to throw away the the paper towel that I used to wipe you off in the trash. I look back around and you're now smearing it in your mustache on purpose. And I'm like, what are you doing, bro? What are you doing? So, yeah, whenever I uh, would smoke back then, I just could not handle it whatsoever. There was times that I'd sing a song and I can I can totally reenact that if you want me to. Um, let's Let's not sing the song for them. But yeah, I just, I couldn't handle it back then. And I think I decided, um, I tried it for like two weeks straight with you and most of the time i'd start drinking then i'd smoke Mm -hmm. and then i'd pass out just always a no-no yeah um and then i'd do it the next day and then i'd do it the next day and then i started building a habit of like blacking out almost Mm -hmm. and that was really whenever i realized i had a problem that Mm -hmm. i couldn't handle it that it wasn't for me that i shouldn't be doing this and that it was wrong um and i did that for like i think 13 days straight i I don't want to share that that's like part of me that i i don't want anyone to know that's like the deep and dirty of intentionally blacking out just because I don't know if I was miserable in my life or what was going on. But um, right then I knew something needed to change. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think I did stop. I did stop You smoking. did stop. And you stopped for a while and then and I continued smoking with my friends. But I, I remember thinking one time specifically like, I don't want to smoke with Josh anymore. <laughs> like yeah. it's not fun. He ruins my high. He just like can't handle it. And I think a lot of it had to do with drinking beforehand because mixing the two like I said is always a recipe for disaster so I think I stopped smoking even when we were together and then fast forward to to senior year it was just off and on just for fun uh no 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 no. I didn't smoke at all senior year what am I smoking not weed (laughs) not weed because we're freaking sober um but yeah so that was that was junior year I decided to stop we get home junior summer Madison's doing like two a day workout she's doing crossfit she's doing um, hot yoga, if that's what you want to call it. And she was a beast. She was completely sober. I was sober. We were just drinking if we did anything, but even then we weren't like getting drunk. And mm-hmm. um, that's that's really where smoking stopped for me. It was whenever I realized like, dude, what the hell are you doing? You're blacking out and you're intentionally doing this. Yeah, and at the time you hadn't had a ton of experiences in college smoking weed just by itself. So it's, I don't think you had the desire to smoke weed you would just drink first and then your inhibitions would come down a little bit and then somebody would have weed so you would partake in it. But it was never like your mission to smoke for the night. Whereas mine, I would rather not drink at all and just like go smoke. Mm -hmm. So I feel like that kind of led you down that path even when you didn't want to. Right. So if it wasn't for me and continuing my habit of smoking, 
do you think that you would have continued smoking? Absolutely not. Ooh, take a shot at me. I will. It's okay. I don't, and I don't. I don't mean that harmfully. I I just truthfully know that I I wouldn't have. I couldn't handle it. I didn't like it whenever I was doing it. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't think I would have. So why was it? Why was it so hard not to? With me. I think it starts in COVID. Um, we didn't have anything to do. I didn't want to just drink all day. I was getting fat. Yeah. I didn't want to just continue drinking beer. Um, liquor doesn't serve me well either. And so I was like, no, I'm not doing this anymore. Um, but it was just, we didn't have anything to do. We were bored and honestly, like smoking weed wasn't for me. Eating edibles wasn't for me, but wax, which dabs, wax, whatever you want to call it, concentrate, that that was. And I think something that I, I want to note is we're completely different people. Mm-hmm. You don't have this brain that spends a mile, a million miles an hour every single second like mine does. But I think it, it affects us differently. And so... Me you, and you. Me yeah, and you. personally. Um, and like wax was like Adderall for me. It was weed that worked for me. And so whenever I discovered that, I would hit dabs. I would do whatever I could essentially like multiple times a day to do this because it was like little bursts of Adderall, mm-hmm. but with, with a little high. And less of a come down than Adderall. Absolutely. And it was awesome. Um, that's something that I hate about Adderall is like I stopped taking Adderall because I get like so depressed whenever I come down from it. Whenever it wears off, I'm just so in my head and just like bleh. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's brutal. Yeah, it's like actually insane to me, like how many parents just let their kids take it, take it without researching it. Um, and going back to your question of if I'd continue, like I always had access to it and I would say no. Mm-hmm. But whenever you had access to it and you were doing it, I couldn't say no. And I don't know why that is. I don't know if it's because I always wanted to be doing something with you, be on the same wavelength or frequency or whatever you want to call it. Um, Maybe a little my, FOMO. Yeah, FOMO for sure. Um, but my desire for it grew grew a lot. Um, and I think that that speaks a lot, guys, to the people you hang around. Mm-hmm. The people you hang around are going to bring you up or they're going to bring you down. And I don't mean this rude when I say you brought me down, but like if you hadn't smoked weed, I probably wouldn't. Mm-hmm. And that, that has more to say about my self-control than right. it does about you because you should be able to live your individual life aside from me, whereas it should never be a problem for me. But right. Knowing that you're my person, you're in my corner, you're always there for me, you're always there with me, having you smoking just wasn't wasn't well for me. In the beginning, when we were smoking together in COVID and through our, throughout our engagement, things were pretty easy. We didn't have a lot of responsibilities. Like I said, I wasn't working. You were maybe doing a little bit of work. I don't really remember, but it was for your friend, if anything, so it wasn't crazy serious. When did you feel like it really became a problem? Because for a long time, neither of us saw it as a problem. So when did that switch happen? It really happened when we got married. And I don't know what the switch was, if it was because I had expected marriage to be a different thing or if I was, I think it honestly goes back to us always saying we were going to quit when we got married. Yeah, we said that multiple times. Oh, we're just going to have fun until we get married. I promise I'm going to quit when I get married. Mm -hmm. Like. And whenever that didn't happen, that's whenever I realized it was a problem because now we're living together. Now we're doing everything together. And now I am spending more time with you than I ever will and ever have. 
And so my habits became yours. And your habits became mine. Mm-hmm. Because my self-control, because my FOMO, because whatever. FOMO is fear of missing out, um, for those of you who don't know. But that's that's when it became a problem. Why do you, I want to actually backtrack a little bit and ask you a question. You said you think it affects us differently. Why do you think so? I mean, chemicals relate, released in your brain. THC is a chemical. And whenever it's released into your bloodstream or your brain or however the heck it works. We have different hormones. We have different chemicals in our bodies. We have different things in our brain. You don't have the same brain that I do. I don't have the same brain you do. So are you saying you think that I can handle it a little better? Um, it doesn't have to mean I'm like great with it, but do you think that I handle it better than you? Yeah, absolutely. I think you're a high-functioning stoner. <laughs> I was. Yeah. But I, I think just with how my brain turns and works and mm-hmm. with how high-strung and like high paced it is maybe not high strong with how high paced it is fast paced fast paced high paced i'm using high as much as i can because <laughs> i used to be high um but I, I think it does affect me differently we'll take for example you had anxiety before mm-hmm. i didn't have anxiety before mm. i whenever i smoked had more anxiety than i've ever witnessed in my entire life now that i've stopped smoking i don't have any anxiety mm. i don't so there's there's one way that it can affect us because what is we do to somebody who has anxiety? Yeah, maybe it cures it, but if you smoke more than two times, it's going to increase it by more than four times. Smoke more than two times a two week. Two times a week, sorry. Yeah, it increases your anxiety by more than four times of what the original levels were. Nobody's talking about that. Right. But what happens to somebody who doesn't have anxiety and they smoke? Now and they smoke it. more than two times a week, much less more than two times a day because there were times that I'd smoke five, ten times a day and... That sounds ridiculous now that I'm saying it aloud, but no, there was weeks or months that went by that we'd smoke more than five to ten times a day. Correct me if I'm wrong. You're not wrong. Just in this, the example of anxiety, like there's a way that it works differently. Mm-hmm. Motivation, work ethic. We could talk about our communication. We could talk about our sex life. Like it affects us totally differently. Totally. And I love what you said about that because I think something that... uh my parents have said to me growing up and that I've heard many other people say is you get to, you get to make the choice, but you don't get to choose the consequences. And so initially making the choice of being somebody that smokes weed, it didn't seem to have a lot of consequences in the beginning. It all seemed like it was great. You know, there's no come down like alcohol. You don't have hangovers like that. It doesn't necessarily affect you in the same way. If you're judging me and you drink alcohol, get the hell out of here. That's all I got to say about that. (laughs) And so since alcohol was the only substance that I had had before, I thought weed was like this golden child substance that had no negative benefits. And a ton of media out there, even people that are in the legal weed industry, you know, they preach that it helps with everything. It helps anxiety, it helps your sleep. It does help with those things. But like you said, nobody's talking about what happens when you abuse it. It's things that nobody's talking about because it's not cute. It's not popular because everybody just wants to keep smoking weed and numb away their pain mm. and numb away what's really going on. And underneath it all, yeah, it was fun. And I, I wouldn't take back most of it. I had, like, I'm glad that I experienced that in my life. But nobody warned me. Yeah. And that's what we want to do today is just, like, share our backstory with you guys to let, us, to let you in on, like, really what it was like. We weren't smoking weed once a week, guys. This wasn't a social thing for us. This became a multiple times a day problem. And so we just want to differentiate that because I'm not here to tell you that smoking weed is bad. 
I'm not here to tell you that I think it's the worst thing that ever did. If it's if my kids want to drink alcohol or smoke weed, smoke weed. And that's just my that's my take on it. But when it becomes so abused, the demons come out and you start to realize you're not the same person that you were before. Mm-mm. And that's the same thing with any addiction. It's the same thing with food. If you overeat every single day, multiple times a day, and you end up gaining 50 pounds, you're no longer the same person that you used to be rather than just going out and getting a sweet treat maybe once a month, mm. right? It's totally different. And so my biggest thing is to speak on the frequency of it because with accessibility getting bigger and bigger, and I fully believe in the next five to 10 years, it will be federal, federally legal that we're going to have access to it more in the future than we ever have. And so it's important to talk about these things and what happens once you get yourself into a point where you feel like there's no return. Because I'll tell you guys, there's been many, many times when we've tried to quit this. Dozens. Dozens. Like plural dozens. And some of you might laugh saying, oh, you're only on day three. Like you're probably going to get back into it. Like, no, I'm not. Like Josh and I both got down on a knee and promised each other that we were going to be sober for an extended period of time. And we need that to figure out what marriage looks like without it. Because we haven't we haven't been married without it. We've been married for 25 months and only one of those months we've been sober. Every single other one of those months have included weed every single day. Every single day? Every day. And I'm very much in the camp of anything that you feel like you need every single day is an addiction. And we label this word addict or addiction to be so negative. We are all freaking addicted to something. Every single one of you. For some of you, it's TV. For some of you, it's pornography. For some of you, it's your freaking TikTok. There's so many things that we get addicted to and feel like we need to have in our lives or we're not going to survive. And I don't want to be dependent on anything. And that's where I'm at. And so weed has been the biggest struggle for me. And I'm ready to break the dependency habit that I need. Will I smoke weed in the future? Probably. If I go to Colorado on a ski trip and I want to have a joint, I might do that. But never again will I let it rule my home, rule my relationships, or my marriage. Guys, there was times when I was waking up at 4.20 a.m. and hitting the bong, blazing at 4.20 a.m., right? Most people do that in the evening. (laughs) That's crazy. Often, too. Often, because I thought, I need to get myself ready. It's like I, I saw it as my morning coffee, genuinely. Everybody else is drinking coffee. They're addicted to caffeine, so why can't I have my morning bowl? Like, there's just all these things that justify, but, like, am I actually making myself happy? Am I actually doing the things that are going to make me better, push me forward in business, push me forward in my relationships? No. That was was a mic drop. And that is all that we have for part one of We'd Like to Tell You Something. If you enjoyed listening to today, we cannot wait to share what this has actually looked like in our lives. This was all just the the history of why we got into it and how we got into weed. And next week, you will hear firsthand on what this has done to us individually and what this has done to our marriage. Next week, some of the things we'll be talking about is just how it affects our communication, our energy levels, our work ethic, and our sex drive. So tune in and you'll get all the goods. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of The Launchpad. We cannot wait to have you here with us next week. We'll see you in the next one.